Welcome back to the Ball Might Lie podcast. Week six is in the books, week seven back up. We saw some of these games probably shifted the power rankings from the last episode just a bit. You know, all three undefeated teams take an L, so the 72 Dolphins can pop their bottle of champagne and get their old dusty asses out of here. That shit is never happening again. You know, they played like 12 games back then. We're up to like 17 now. You know, the competition's a lot stiffer back in those days. You know, when half your lineup in locker room is snorting coke before the games, and you might have a chance at going undefeated. So, introduce cocaine back into the locker rooms, and we might see that record be broke again. But something tells me it will not. So, I think we're going to skip the recaps again. The recaps kind of drag out the episodes, make them a bit longer. We'll sprinkle in some of what I saw in the previous weeks when I'm predicting the upcoming games. So, for the first game of Week 7 slate, we have the Jaguars versus the Saints. You know, it's a super interesting line. The Saints are favored as two-point favorites in this game. Uh, I think we all know that the Jaguars have been playing better, but the deal is, is the Jags' starting quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, seems to be hurt, and his status is up in the air. Um, I think he plays, and even if he doesn't play, I kind of like the Jaguars in this matchup. And the reason for that is I think the Saints are going to have trouble moving the ball against this Jaguars defense. I think it's going to be hard for them to establish a run game. And the Jags' corners have been pretty good so far this year. Um, What worries me is the Saints' defense against the Jaguars' offense since I'm picking the Jags. Uh, I think that Travis Etienne is going to have to have a big game for the Jaguars to win this game, especially if Trevor Lawrence is out. But I don't know, I think Derek Carr is too turnover prone, and they won't be able to establish much on the ground against the Jaguars' defense, and that's why I'm kind of leaning towards the Jags, even without you know their best player potentially playing. But still, I think the Saints' you know home field advantage is one of the best in the league. But how much longer is it going to be that great of a home field advantage if they continue to you know, lay a bad product out there. It's really hard to say. But I kind of like the Jags in this one. I don't know. Even a Trevor Lawrence, though, I don't even know who their backup quarterback is, to be honest. But I think the Saints' woes on offense continues tonight. Um, next game, we have the Ravens versus the Lions out in Baltimore. You know, there's a supposed to be a coastal storm or something, so a lot of these East Coast games are going to be affected by, like, wind and rain. So it's going to be brought up in a couple other of these games, but this is the first one that's affecting. The Ravens are three-point favorites, and I'm going to roll with the Ravens, minus three. You know, David Montgomery is not going to play in this game. Jameer Gibbs has been dealing with a hamstring. It's going to be hard for the Lions to establish a ground game, in my opinion. The Ravens have one of the best defenses in the league, especially against the run. So I don't know. I just don't see the Lions being able to establish a ground and ball control game in a weather-affected game like this is a big deal. I think it's going to come down to the wire, and a field goal wins it, though. So give me the Ravens minus three. And for our next one, we have the Browns going into Indianapolis playing the Colts. Uh, It seems like Deshaun Watson is back at practice, and it seems like he's going to play. Uh, We all learned that Anthony Richardson is out for the season you know, fucking up his shoulder. He could have came back and played, but they kind of opted for him to get it fixed and for him to feel right for next season, which makes total sense considering, you know, what happened with their last high-picked quarterback franchise guy, you know, always rushing him back from injuries. Andrew, we need you. Andrew, we need you. Well, 
<laughs> Andrew didn't need them as much, it seems like, and he retired early on their ass. So with a guy like Anthony Richardson that seems to have issues taking big hits, they want him to get his body right before they risk losing him for an extended multi-year, maybe forever type of deal. So a lot of people are picking the Colts. You know, Gardner Minshew is a really good backup quarterback. I just don't see it. I think the Browns, I don't. I think if Deshaun Watson sits out another week that the Browns will win this. The question is, do they cover the three? I think they do. Um, I think the Browns' defense is insane. Their cornerbacks are super good. And with the Colts receivers kind of being, you know, besides Josh Towns, like slower, big type of receivers, I don't see them making that much separation and making it easier for Gardner. And, I don't know, the Browns kind of let up a little bit on the ground of the Ravens. I don't know if the Colts will be able to establish the same type of ground game. You know, they have two really good backs with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. You know, their line has improved, obviously, from last year, that disastrous year for them. But I don't know if they can establish the ground game, especially without the threat of Anthony Richardson running as well. So give me the Browns minus three. Our next one, a bigger spread. We got the Bills versus the Patriots. Um, This game was probably going to be affected by weather, too. And the last time we saw a Bills-Patriots game be super affected by weather, it was when the Patriots edged it out over the Bills and threw the ball like 10 times. It was kind of a weird game. Uh, I don't know, this one's weird too because the Bills looked really shitty last week against a really bad team in the Giants, and the Patriots have been shitty. So (laughs) it's really hard to pick, especially with such a big spread. I think I'm obviously going to pick the Bills to win. Uh, The Patriots, I think they cover the 8.5. I'm not super confident in that, but it just seems like with this super weather game, it's hard for teams to extend their leads. But I think the reason the Patriots cover is because that Bills defense is lose has lost so many guys. You know, Tredavious White, Matt Milano, uh, Daquan, the guy in the middle. I don't know. I just I'm not super confident in this Patriots team either. And I could see the Bills running away with this, especially because the Patriots lack CB depth. But they just got J.C. Jackson back, so maybe another week in the system, he will be able to, you know, at least semi-contain a guy like Stephon Diggs. So I got the Bills winning and the Patriots covering. The next game we have the Commanders, minus 2.5 versus the New York football Giants. You know, like I said last week, there's going to be no sense when I pick the Commanders. There's not going to be a whole lot of logic or reason. We saw them beat a pretty solid Atlanta Falcons team last week and look pretty damn good. This week they play a far worse team in the New York Giants. I like the Giants to win this game outright. You know, I say there's not going to be any sort of reason when I pick Commanders games, but I'm going to kind of predict how this game is going to go. I think the Commanders' offense is going to be stifled by this Giants defense. I think the Giants have one of the more underrated defenses in the league. You know, they have been getting killed by teams that have just road stomped them, you know, 40-point wins. But a lot of that has to do with their offense just not giving them anything and the defense just kind of laying down and dying. So I think the Giants, they have a really, you know, exotic style of defense under Week Martindale. I think they're going to put Sam Howell on his ass quite a bit and they're going to get a couple turnovers to go along with it. And I think their offense will be able to run the ball against this commander's defense. So I like Saquon having a big game. I like the Giants' defense having a big game. You know, Bobby Okariki's really showed out for him. I like him to have another standout performance. So, 
lock up the Giants. No, not my lock. I'm not locking up the Giants at all this year. That's for sure. But, you know, I'm I'm selecting the Giants. Let's just say that. Uh, the next game, we have the Raiders versus the Bears. And this seems like it's going to be a maybe a double rookie quarterback uh, backup type of game, you know. Jimmy G hurt his back last week. They already ruled him out. And it's, they haven't announced whether it's going to be Brian Hoyer or Aiden Con- O'Connell. I would go with Aiden O'Connell. We all know what Brian Hoyer is, and it's not great. Um, he's better as a relief guy. I like the rookie to get some time in while he gets a full week of practice. Well, not a full week, but a majority of these first team snaps. While Justin Fields, they haven't really ruled him out, but it seems like he's not playing. He fucked up his thumb. So he's going to be having a hard time gripping the ball if he does play. Um, this game is a two-and-a-half-point spread leaning towards the Raiders. And I'm kind of leaning towards the Raiders as well. You know, we don't really know the quarterback situation, so it makes it a lot harder to pick. But I think, you know, any way this game shakes out as far as health status goes, the Bears have a shit offensive line. We saw the clip on social media after the game of the center blocking his guard Instead of a defender, they're just kind of locked up with each other. That's pretty embarrassing, if you ask me. And we all know Max Crosby is a fucking beast. Um, I think he gets like three sacks this game, no matter which quarterback it is. And I think he's going to be the player of the game. You know, this Raiders defense is really shaping up, in my opinion. You know, a lot of guys we haven't heard of, or not really any page turners, in my opinion, before the year. But their coaching has came along, and I think this Raiders defense is starting to be a little underrated as far as the grand scheme of things go, with Max Crosby, the Condor, leading them all the way. So I like the Raiders over the Bears in this one, as well as covering that 2.5-point spread. So our next one, another 2.5-point spread, but this time we have a divisional matchup with the Atlanta Falcons going up against the Baker Buccaneers. Um, this one was kind of hard. I, this one, I took a pause when I was kind of thinking about who I wanted in this one. You know, Desmond Ritter's been up and down. Baker Mayfield certain ha- certainly has the capability of being up and down. Last week seemed to be down. Uh, I don't know. I still don't feel confident in my pick, but I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win and cover this spread. I think the Falcons will have issues running the ball, and that's why I kind of was leaning that way, especially down in Tampa Bay. But... Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of reason or rhyme for this pick, but I kind of just think the Buccaneers will get back on track, and the Falcons without a run game, as we've seen, can be a little bit scary, to say the least. So I think they put out another scary performance on offense. You know, I'm rooting for Desmond Ritter. I hope he plays good. But I always said that they should have signed Gardner Minshew to be their starter. You know, Taylor Heineke kind of the same sort of guy, just on a lower tier in my opinion. A lot of people are calling his name. I don't think he gets in this week. I think that Artie Smith has a lot of faith in Desmond Ritter, and we've seen flashes in a couple games this year, but we haven't really se- we've only seen one complete game out of him his entire career. So we'll kind of see. I think this Buccaneers defense is pretty solid. I think their offense might be a little shaky, but once again, I don't think the Falcons have the best defense in the world, and that's why I'm leaning Buccaneers in this one. And our next game, another one that really took me some it took me a good amount of time to pick. We have the Steelers versus the Rams in L.A. It's going to be a packed Steelers house, and this is kind of alluding to my decision. You know, there's going to be more terrible towels in there than there's going to be, you know, Rams players, in my opinion. Like, there's not going to be any Rams fans compared to it. I think this is a Steelers home game. I think that Matthew Stafford 
has been playing lights out this year. Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup are awesome. You know, where I kind of have concern for this offense, especially in this matchup, is they have two of their top running backs going down with injury right after trading Cam Akers, a kind of good talented back that's had issues with Sean McVay. So they're like on their fourth string running back, which I don't like. And their offensive line has been pretty spooky so far this entire year. And that's not what you want against the Steelers defense, that when they get their ears pinned back and they don't have to worry about the run can be absolutely devastating. You know, Joey Porter Jr. has kind of taken a step up, and it seems like he's going to get more starting snaps this week. You know, where I kind of was confused about this matchup was the Steelers' offense versus the Rams' defense. You know, the Rams' defense doesn't have really anyone we know the name of besides Aaron Donald. You know, Raheem Morris, their defensive coordinator, has been coaching his ass off. They've really overperformed on that defensive side of the ball. And as the weeks and years go on, maybe we'll kind of learn about some of these young defensive players. And it can be like a, oh, they actually are a pretty good player type of deal instead of just being caught off guard by it. You know, the Steelers' offense has struggled but they are coming off of a bye, so that's where I'm kind of leaning the edge on them. You know, Deontay Johnson, I don't think he's going to play this game, but it sounds like he's close to returning, so they might be a little bit more dynamic moving forward. I don't know. I think the screen game with Jalen Warren is where they might do a lot of their damage in this one. But I don't know. It's a really tough call for me, but I am going to lean the Steelers just because I think the terrible towels are going to be the factor. Watt is going to be all over Stafford. And a problem with that is is that Stafford might not be able to finish this game, which, knock on wood, obviously, we want him to finish. But who knows if he will. And for our next one, another divisional matchup, we have the Cardinals going up to Seattle to play the Seattle Seahawks. This one is an eight-point spread, and it kind of feels like the Cardinals are falling off the wagon. We all know how competitive they've been in the first couple weeks. But I don't know if this can continue. Um, They usually have played the Seahawks pretty good in years past, but I just don't know if they have the talent to keep up with them. You know, the Seahawks rookie cornerback Devin Witherspoon has really, really shown out the past couple of weeks. And I think he'll be able to stick to whatever receiver he will be matched up on. You know, Jamal Adams as well is going to make more of an impact in this game. I don't know, and I just don't see the Cardinals' defense being able to stop that three-hitted monster of the Seahawks' offense. I think the Seahawks will even be able to run the ball a little bit better against this Cardinals team. You know, it's hard to pick these big spreads in a divisional game like this, but I think I'm going to. I'm going to take the Seahawks and the points. So, our next one is the Packers versus the Broncos. A really close spread, in my opinion. I know the Packers are on the road, but one-point favorites kind of seems slim. I don't know. This one intrigues me a little bit just because how weird the teams have performed up to this point. Like the Packers have really good flashes, but have really bad lows. And then the Broncos just kind of have been all around disappointing. Where I think this game might make it closer and make this spread a little bit more reasonable is I think the Broncos will be able to run the ball against the Packers. You know, Javante Williams, it feels like he is really coming back well from his injury and he's going to be on less of a snap count going into this week. Uh, The Packers' pass defense will be decent, I guess. The Broncos' line, not the greatest. We'll see how it goes. As far as the Packers' offense against the Broncos' defense, it really just comes down to health, in my opinion, for the Packers' O. We know Bakhtiari's out for the season. How healthy can their line be going into this game after a bye week? Can Aaron Jones get back to full strength? 
you know, can Christian Watson continue to come along? You know, last game he played pretty well. He had a big deep shot. But, you know, coming off of a hamstring, he probably would have beat Marcus Peters into the end zone, but instead maybe losing a step and getting pulled down by the horse collar for a game-clinching save by Peters. So this one's really tough for me. I'm going to roll with the Packers, minus one, if the Broncos just kind of play a ball control game and run the game out and the Packers can't really get anything going on the ground. It would make sense why the Broncos could win this. I just really don't have faith in what they have going on right now. So give me the Packers. And for our next one, our last divisional matchup of this week is the Chiefs versus the Chargers. The Chiefs are five-and-a-half-point favorites at home in Arrowhead Stadium. This matchup has been intriguing, to say the least, the past few years. Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. You know, two of the top five quarterbacks in the league in the same division. High-flying offenses. You know, the defenses have improved in the past couple years, but... I don't know, it just seems like the Chiefs just kind of always had that edge. But the thing is, is the Chargers always play them close. It's kind of like the opposite of the Chiefs versus Broncos matchup, where it just seems like the Broncos can't find it against the Chiefs, where it feels like no matter how bad the Chargers have played in weeks past and how bad their coaching has been, it kind of seems like they can keep up with the Chiefs. For that reason, I'm picking the Chargers to cover, but I think Staley is going to fuck them in the end once again. And the Chiefs pull out the victory. So, with that being said, let's move on to our prime time games. We have the Dolphins going into Philadelphia. Another one of those games where the weather may be a factor. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites. The Dolphins are coming in as road dogs. You know, I understand where the spread is coming from. A lot of people might think that the Dolphins offense is so good that they are immune to anything. And even with the Eagles front four and a weather thing, that the Dolphins should be favored. And I have to disagree. I think this Eagles front four will be able to get to, you know, to a Tonga Vailoa better than almost any other defense they've played besides maybe Buffalo. Um, where I think the Eagles are going to win this game and cover the spread is with their ball control offense. I think they got away from the run against a team they should have ran the ball against more in the Jets. I think they run the ball all down the Dolphins' throat. Pause. But, yeah, I kind of like the Eagles in this one. I think their defense is just a little bit more stout. They got a home game with the Phillies going off, too. I think this crowd's going to be super electric going into this one. You know, they're going to be cheering for the Phillies down in Arizona, and they will have the Eagles game to look for this week in prime time. It's going to be nasty outside. The crowd's going to be nasty. I think the Dolphins have a lot to worry about going into this one. Give me the Eagles minus two and a half points. And for our Monday night football game, kind of another mismatch. It seems like this year there's at least one primetime game that has to be a spread over five points or at least a touchdown. And this one happens to be the 49ers versus the Vikings. You know, the Vikings have just not been able to put together a complete game Losing Justin Jefferson, it's kind of tough. You know, part of me thinks this spread might be a little bit bigger when I was about to look at it. But seven, when I kind of think about it, makes sense. You know, the 49ers dealing with a little bit of injuries in their own right. You know, not looking great against the Cleveland Browns. But can the Vikings do what the Browns did? I don't think so. You know, Jim Schwartz kind of seems to have Kyle Shanahan's number. And I think the Vikings 
might struggle a little bit on offense. Obviously, I think their offensive line is super shitty, you know, losing their best weapon. We'll see if Cam Akers gets a little bit more involved in the run game. You know, I think this this is one of the, those games where the 49ers just kind of get up early. They have injuries to their squad, so they kind of rest guys, take the foot off the gas. And then the Vikings just kind of, you know, fuck around and in garbage time, and Kirk Cousins gets his 280 yards at the very end of the game, and they score a touchdown to cover at the very end. So I like the 49ers to win and the Vikings to backdoor sneak and cover the seven. But by any means, I don't think it's going to be a seven-point game. So let me look over these for the lock of the week. This slate is super interesting, and there's no games that really stick out to me as games that should be locks. So I just don't know. I don't – I'm looking at it. There's a couple that stick out to me, you know, 49ers over Vikings. I like the Browns over the Colts a little bit. And I even like, you know – the Raiders over the Bears a little bit. It's kind of hard to lock up a backup quarterback, though. But let me look it over and think about it. But in the meantime, let's talk about our record. You know, last week was our best week, especially against the spread. For our straight-up picks, I went 11-4. and four, Pretty kick-ass. You know, I took the Chargers. <laughs> I need to stop taking the Chargers. And against the spread was our best week at 10-5. and five. And our lock hit, so now we are 4-2 and two on the year. Our overall season-long straight-up money line picks, we are 59-34. and 34. In my opinion, that's super good. Against the spread, I am, you know, chipping away at it. You know, I haven't been so good in the past. Week 4 really shot myself in the foot there. But now we are sitting at 44-59. and 59. And I think by the midway point, you know, week 8, week 9, we might be able to get to that 500 point. We just got to keep hitting these spreads. Hopefully this week is the same sort of deal. Um, I thought about it. You know, I took a two-week break on spreads from TikTok. I fucked up all my spreads on TikTok. They did not hit at all. And I wanted to take a couple weeks to see, hey, am I just trying to show out for TikTok? Am I, you know, getting a little getting a little hot takey for that shit? And I think I might have been a little bit. You know, my last two weeks hit, the Broncos losing to the Jets, and then I had the Texans winning this week. Um, Yeah, so I think I'm going to go back to posting them on TikTok, but I think I'm going to kind of keep the same sort of strategy I pick on the podcast. So I'm going to take a quick break, look things over, think about it, meditate, you know, maybe have some fucking force rocks flying around me like Luke Skywalker, and when we come back, we will lock in our lock of the week. And I have decided that my lock of the week will be the Browns covering the three-point spread versus the Colts. I think this Browns defense is really, really damn good. And I think that their corners match up really good against the Colts receivers. Can the Colts establish the ground game? I think that's the only way they win is if they can dominate on the ground. And I just do not see that happening. You know, I think the Browns can sell out for the run a little bit and keep the Colts at bay there. And I think as far as the Browns' offense goes, I think that they can you know, run the ball a little bit, get some play action going, and just kind of chip away. I don't think they're going to blow this, the Colts away as far as the offense going against the Colts' defense. But you know, with Deshaun Watson back, I think they will have a little bit more confidence in themselves, and they will get a little bit of movement out of their offense. But I think they're going to have to lean on their defense for this one, but lock them up for this week. 
And that will do it for this week's episode. You know, I kind of like these shorter 25, 30-minute episodes opposed to the hour 15 long ones, including the recaps. I think we all watch the games. You know, I don't think my (laughs) input and analysis is super over the top. I'm just kind of watching them too. I'm not doing film study. I'm not an X and O's type of guy. I don't know if my input is super important as far as recaps go. You know, if there's something super important that I see, I'll bring it up when I'm talking about the matchups for the next week. But in that case, we got NBA coming up next week. You know, go listen to our NBA predictions episode if you haven't heard it yet. But I'm excited to watch some of these games and react to some of them here on the podcast. I appreciate you all for listening. Tune in for the next one. Peace.